What do you do when your child or grandchild goes off to college, but you are concerned that things could go sideways quick? Young people aren't always thinking about this. How can we help prepare them? Hey, this is episode 753 of the Ready Your Future podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you prepare for a better future so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's episode, Prepping in College, Being Prepared for a College Bug Out if Necessary. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that can help you get ready for a better future. All article links and show information can be found in the show notes. Hey, are you looking to up your preparedness knowledge? Don't spend time bouncing around the internet for the best preparedness content. Instead, sign up for the top preparedness articles and get them right in your email. For $5 a month, you can get the top preparedness articles from around the internet sent to your email weekly. You can choose to read them or drop them in the Pocket app and have them read to you as you go about your day. The Buy Me a Coffee link to the top preparedness articles is in the show notes. Hey guys, I want to thank you for being a listener to the Ready Your Future podcast. If you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast, I would greatly appreciate if you would do that wherever you listen to the podcast, whatever network you're listening to us on. We greatly appreciate that. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into this article. So I read this article before, and it's it's been about 500 episodes uh, back, but I wanted to revisit this because, well, a couple of things. Uh, I'm listening to that book by Peter Zahan, and he's, you know, the end of the world as the end of the world is just the beginning. And so I've also linked that on audiopreps.com if you go and you can link to it and get there quickly. But uh, he was talking about young people, and so that kind of jogged my memory. But we're also in the time period here uh, in the beginning of August where people are getting ready. They're taking their kids back up to college or their, uh, you know, their kids are going to college for the very first time after graduating from high school. And so I thought this would be a good one to revisit at this time. So I want to read this article, but I have some uh, different ideas and things that I want to share on the back side of it that might you know, that deals with college and college age students, but also deals with other things as well. And so just want to, uh, to revisit this one here. So let's go ahead and jump into it. This is one that I wrote years ago, uh, and, um, it's over at edthatmatters.com. So I have combined a lot of my other websites. So I have merged uh, the you know the Prepper website podcast and I've merged Prepared Christians over at Ready Your Future and I'm planning on doing that with Ed that Matters as well. So you know all those websites will go away and they'll wind up being all on Ready Your Future. But this one is still over at edthatmatters.com and the title is Prepping in College Being Prepared for a College Bug Out if Necessary. So I wanted to read this and uh, go, you know, again, like I said, read this and then at the end of it, share some other thoughts that I didn't do the last time. All right, so let's go ahead and start. I was preparing myself for a college bug out. When my oldest started his last year of high school, I realized that his decisions of if and where he wanted to go to college was going to impact me more than in the pocketbook. I realized that in the back of my mind, I would always be thinking about how far he actually was from home. How would he get home if the world went crazy and what would things be like for him on the way back if the big one hit? Luckily, he chose to go to the local community college and then transferred to a program with the local university. But these thoughts came flooding back to me this week when I was emailed by a young college student. The email read, I have recently begun prepping as I find it fun and thought-provoking as well as practical. 
I have been reading some articles from your website and have begun listening to your podcast daily. First, I would like to thank you for putting time and effort into these tasks to help others become more prepared for WinSHTF. I also was wondering if you could point me in a good direction to continue prepping. I'm a college student and don't have many funds available, but did put some money into a basic bug out bag. Besides improving my bug out bag, I'm not sure what my next steps should be. I am living in a dorm over an hour from my house, so stockpiling food or water is not practical. I didn't know if you had any suggestions as to how I could best prepare while living on campus. Any thoughts are welcome. I responded to the email after a few days of thinking about this student's situation, but I also thought that there are others out there, students, parents, and even prepping grandparents who might be in the same predicament. So I would like to share and elaborate on my thoughts. So having a college bug out bag is an important and key element for a university student. In a collapse or SHTF situation, they are truly in a situation where they should bug out to another location. That location is going to be home or wherever the family will be located if that is a bug out or retreat location. The bug out bag is going to have to match the distance that the college student is traveling. In the email that I received, the college student was only an hour away from home. In this situation, I would have a minimal bug out bag. I would have food or snacks that could be eaten on the go, water bottles, a phone charger, a means of defense, more on this below, and a first aid kit. I would also always have the basics to filter and purify water, make fire, a knife and material to make a crude shelter if needed. Of course, the bug out needs to reflect the season of the year. Bugging out in the spring is going to look and feel a lot different than bugging out in the winter. If the distance from college to home is farther and will take days and maybe even weeks, the bug out bag is going to have to be more robust. For sure, food will have to be more substantial, probably a combination of dehydrated and even some survival tabs to manage hunger. Water will need to be replenished, so a good filter is needed. A fire kit, first aid kit, shelter, defense, map, compass, or GPS, and clothes will need to be in place. Again, the distance and season will determine the specifics. The bug out bag should always be ready and stored away in a closet. It is recommended to have a bug out bag regardless if the student has a vehicle to travel home. You just never know. There has been a lot written on bug out bags. For more, visit what do I put in my survival kit. So there is a link there. And that one did go to uh, the Prepper website podcast. And it's, uh, you know, the kit link bomb. Definitely need to change that one over. So let's talk a little bit about transportation then for the college student who needs to uh, to bug out. The perfect bug out would have the student getting into their vehicle and driving home without any issues or even catching a flight back home if they are across the country. However, not every college student can afford a vehicle on campus and you can't count on a flight. After all, we are talking about bugging out from college. You never know which SHTF situation you are really prepping for. The next best option would be a bicycle. If a bicycle could be kept locked up and not stolen, I think a regular mountain bike would do. The college student should have a spare tube, manual pump, and tools to change the tire if needed. They also make puncture-proof tubes that might be of interest. If the bicycle is not safe just being locked up outside somewhere, then a foldable bicycle that can go under the bed might be required. There are foldable bikes on the market that are made well and are reasonably priced. The plus side of having a bike on campus is that the college student could use it to get around too. 
So regardless of the mode of transportation, the college student needs to have various routes home. A search on Google Maps will give a student or their family members helping them prepare options. Once several routes are established, it would be a good idea for the student to take the various routes home when they visit home to make sure the routes are safe to travel, what concerns they might have, and if there are any potential resources that could be utilized in a bug out home. So defense is a big topic in the preparedness community. It should be for college students too. Unfortunately, most colleges are liberal snowflake hubs. The state of Texas does allow college students to conceal carry on campus, but there are still rules that prohibit concealed carry in certain areas of the campus. Other states that allow concealed carry on college campuses are Arkansas, Colorado, Georgia, Idaho, Kansas, Mississippi, Oregon, Tennessee, Utah, and Wisconsin. There is a link to a source there. So again, I don't know how, uh, how old that source is. And so you might want to do a little bit of research on that one. One way that students can defend themselves if they can't carry a firearm is with pepper spray. Students should be familiar with the pepper spray and practice of deploying it quickly. So there is another link there. So the next big area then I think that is important is the need to have information and stay informed of what's going on. So this area is very important and one that the college students should take seriously. Our world is so fast-paced and everyone is so connected that if an SHTF event was to happen, people would know pretty quickly. The problem is that college students don't always pay attention to the news and what is going on in the world. The good news is that almost every college student is plugged into social media. Like it was mentioned above, news travels fast. The hope is that college students will see any important news and events going on and monitor the situation to see if they will need to respond. One social media that young people use is Twitter. Twitter can be very helpful to gather information fast. Personally, I use Twitter for news. That is the reason I only follow news organizations like mainstream and alternative news on Twitter. It is very easy to open the Twitter app and scroll a little bit to see if anything significant is going on. In an SHTF situation, it might be beneficial for a college student to have a means to listen to radio reports, shortwave, and weather. A good handheld crank solar battery operated emergency radio would be nice to have. If the grid goes down due to cyber terrorism or an EMP, a small handheld ham radio enclosed in a small Faraday cage will be invaluable. So being away from home and in the middle of an SHTF situation, the college student's first priority should be to get home. A little bit of thought and consideration should be given to getting home. Parents can help their child with purchasing the gear they might need and helping, helping them think through some of the plans they should have in place if there ever needed to be a bug out from college. All right, guys, so a very short article there, uh, but hopefully it gets people to think. So again, we're in the season where people are, you know, high school students uh, or maybe college students are returning to to college. And, you know, I know some some coworkers and people that, that I, I work with that their kids are far away from college. I mean, that was always my worry is that, you know, how far away are you going to go? And, you know, what's it going to look like? How hard would it be to get home? And all those different kinds of things. So I, I know people that have kids, you know, really far away and thank goodness, you know, there's, there hasn't been anything serious, but right now, especially with the world, the way it is, I mean, there would be cause for concern depending on where they're at, you know? So um, I just wanted to talk a little bit of just some thoughts because of, uh, you know, after my son's experience, 
And uh, just as I talk with other people who are going through the college experience with their kids, you know, it's one of those things that just kind of comes to mind. And as people that are in the preparedness community, we always think about, you know, our homes and we always think about that kind of stuff. But some of you do have students that are going, you know, kids that are going away to college. Some of you have grandkids. The issue here is how does your college student, whether it's your grandchild or whether it's your child, how do they see preparedness? So if they think it's a bunch of, you know, bunch of hooey, right? And it's like, you mean, your dad is a conspiracy theorist. Mom is a conspiracy theorist. You know, nothing bad is going to happen. I think maybe on this side of COVID, uh, it might be a little easier for some students to to understand, hey, you know, there, things could go bad pretty quickly. But even with, with COVID happening, there were students who didn't wind up coming home. I know of some college students who stayed in their dorms and stayed in the apartment complexes, although they were kind of locked down. They didn't wind up coming home. And for me, uh, you know, they started doing online classes and things like that. For me, it would have been like, hey, come home right away. You know, come home and you can do, you know, we lose the money from the semester or they're going online or whatever it might be. You can do all that from home. I'd rather you be safe here than kind of trying to wait it out where you're at right now. But we're getting to a time now where college might not be the best a route for a lot of people. In fact, I would say a lot of people are starting a lot of, a lot of, I, I guess a lot of adults understand this. And I, hopefully students are starting to understand this, that college is not the answer. I mean, kids are coming home from college, gradu- graduating from college, not able to find decent jobs. And some of them are wanting to go into like, Hey, maybe I need to go in and, and get a master's degree. And so they're piling more debt on top of more debt. And I've always been one of those people that are like, hey, let's try to get out of this. Let's let's do this and uh, try to do it as debt-free as possible, right? Uh, I, I did my master's degree. We paid for it as we went. I was able to pay that off. Uh, my son was able to graduate from college without any debt. And so that has been a really great thing for us. But there's not there's a lot of people that don't see it that way, you know, and they just pile on student loans. And then again, they graduate from college, they can't find a decent job. And so they wind up going to you know, getting their master's degree and piling on more debt. And that's just the, the, the wrong way of doing it, in, in my opinion. A lot of people are starting to realize that trade schools are just as important. In fact, we've seen probably in the last 10 years, we've seen that in, in education, or at least in where, where I work, is starting to switch from college readiness to college and career readiness. You know, we have a CTE program, which, which is, it, you know, it's the, the career and the trades. It's a very strong program. And we have students that gr- can graduate with like their welding certificates. Whereas if you went to a trade school, it might cost you a couple of thousand dollars to get that certificate. They can get out of high school with only paying the charge of the certificate. And so there's a lot of other benefits as well. We, you know, they have HVAC, they have plumbing, they have woodworking, metal, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so the program is pretty strong and, and that shift has been happening because we realize that not every student is, uh, made for college. Not every student should go to college, you know? So one, one of those students is, is my other son, my middle son. So when he graduated high school, I mean, the push was always to go into, uh, you know, go into, go to college. And I did push that. I will say that I did push that. One of the things that uh, I was I was trying to help him to understand is, you know, depending on on the program that you you work on, I didn't know if he would want to go just two years or four years or what it would be like. 
but I was trying to push them towards a two-year program in something called Mechtronics. The only reason I know this is because I was sitting in a presentation and uh, it, it kind of hit me because my, my son is really strong with uh, math and science. And so I'm like, hey, you know, I know that you are not the college type, you know, but if you can do these two years, you could wa walk away with a two-year degree and make more money than your brother who went to school for a four-year degree, you know? So Mechtronics is like mechanical engineering. And if you think about all these uh, companies that are automating and all these, you know, these companies that are very technical now, and basically that's what it is. It's troubleshooting. It's it's supporting those types of places where you're able to come in and troubleshoot the the technology piece of it, but also the electronics and all that kind of stuff. And you're able to, to help out there. So I think that, that they're expecting that uh, specific job type to really, really increase. And then if you ever wanted to, you could go into mechanical engineering and get a four year, you know, do the other two years and, and, and do that. And so that was one of the, the ways that I was kind of pushing him to, and it just wasn't what he wanted to do. Uh, he, you know, we went through like a, a semester, maybe even two semesters of, of all that. And it just wasn't uh, where he was, where he, where he was happy. And so, uh, whereas my other son, you know, knew he was going to college and he was, he was going to, you know, knock it out that way. And he, he, he worked while he was going to college and, and did, you know, did well there. My other son is like, no, you know, he, he was never going to be cut out for. And that was one of the conversations we had. You go, I don't want to be stuck in an office. You know, he likes to be outside. He likes to be moving. He likes to be doing things. So he took a little bit of time to just work out in the real world. And he spent some time in, you know, he worked for Discount Tire. He worked for, um, he, he actually worked for Walmart in the tire and lube. And that's kind of when COVID hit. And then after that, he kind of went back for a little while and realized, you know what? I don't want to be stuck doing this for, you know, small amounts. of I mean, you can't make a, a living. And it was almost one of those things where he needed to realize that for himself. You know, like dad could, could tell you over and over again, like you, you're not going to make a living. You're not going to be able to have your own place. You're not going to be able to have a family living here doing this. You know, it's got to be, you, you have to make more than, than what you're doing here. And so he finally realized that himself and he needed to get there and decided to go into HVAC, which, you know, that was a thing that he just in the back of his mind. And then, you know, he's like, Hey, I want to do this and I, I want to learn how to work on ACs. So here in Texas, unless the zombie apocalypse happens, you're always going to need someone to fix ACs because it's always hot. Uh, there are times in uh, during Thanksgiving, you know, even during Christmas where I've been able to wear shorts and a T-shirt because it's been so warm. And when you run the AC during the, the quote unquote winter months because it's just, you know, it's so warm. So you're always going to have a need for that. And so he's been doing that and uh, it's, it's been great. He had another friend who who joined him along on that journey. So it's like, you know, friends, they're taking classes together. He's got a job which uh, with, a, which, with a company and uh, you know, the professors are in, in their, I say professors and teachers, but they really work in the industry during the day and then they, they teach at night. And a lot of the times they have ins and, and, and outs with some of these companies who need people. And that's how he was able to get his job. So now he works in the industry and he's, he's been, he hasn't even finished school, but he has his own truck, right? They send him out on his own. Um, he's at, even been able to help family members who had issues with their AC 
And so this is something that he loves to do and he, it's, it's fun to do, you know, and this is something that although he is getting into addicts and it's hot and, you know, all that kind of stuff, he is able to excel at that. So we're, we're at this time where, um, you know, we really need to see where, where, where students want to be, right? Uh, I think a lot of the times what helped him was he needed to struggle a little bit. And the the students that are moving into college age, a lot of them haven't had to struggle. They haven't had to, I mean, they've had, you know, nice lives. I mean, that's part of where we've been coming from. Again, going back to Peter Zihon's book, um, The End of the World is Just the Beginning, uh, we've been we've been in an abnormal as opposed to looking at all of history where a time of wealth where you know kids haven't had to struggle as much as kids in the past so you know most students have like a $700 $800 uh, phone in their back pocket you know and you think about that i remember my first phone that i ever got my cell phone it was this big nasty brick and it was free with you know with uh, with service and uh, there's no way that it would have fit in my back pocket. And and the prices just keep increasing. But a lot of students haven't had to struggle. Now, listen, I, I know that there's going to be those one-offs, you know, and, and there's there's those students that have, and, and maybe you're a parent or a grandparent who has really worked with their child to, you know, earn and, and, and do all those different kinds of things. But I'm talking about the majority here. I'm talking about people that I know and their kids and, and the struggles that, you know, that they haven't had. They haven't had to critically think through a bunch of issues because their parents have always been there. There's always been money there, right? And so I've talked to some people who have college-age students that they don't do very well. Uh, I've known a lot of college students who have gone and they've done maybe a semester, maybe they've done a year, and they've moved back because they didn't, they weren't successful either. You know, they, they couldn't get to class. They didn't well, they didn't do well in their classes. They, maybe they flunked out. Maybe it was too expensive. Maybe they didn't want to be away from home. Whatever the different reasons were, they wound up coming back and they come back to do classes at the community college. And so I've always been one that has said, start off at the community college because the, the college credits that you earn there will always transfer to a university. And, you know, you pay probably a third of the price that you would pay if you went to a, a college and you started out doing your basics. So that's kind of what my son did, my my first son who is in, into education. And he, you know, he, he started off at the community college and the community college has a program with the University of Houston where you're able to continue going to the, the local community college building, but you're taking classes as a University of Houston student and then you graduate. And he did, he did really well and it worked out. He was able to, you know, he got married during that time. He was able to work and do classes and he finally, you know, got a job in the school district doing really, really well. And, you know, one of the things that I tell them all the time is like, hey, you are working next to someone who went to school at this very prestigious college, or even if it wasn't like prestigious, like Ivy League, maybe it was, you know, even like Texas A&M or UT, which they're very expensive colleges, like you're making the same amount of money as those people, you know, now that doesn't always play out for other industries, but that is, that is the truth. So, you know, he's like, yeah, it was, it was the right thing to do. And a lot of people wind up doing that. Uh, I spoke with a college student, and this is probably one of the reasons why this is kind of in my brain, maybe in my subconscious as well. 
I spoke with a student who just recently uh, graduated from college and they're having trouble finding a job in their field. And my thing was, you know, are you doing anything outside of just looking for a job, you know, applying for jobs? Maybe it's something that you can do and, you know, you can start a side hustle and you could do something online. What are you passionate about? You can start your, you you can start a podcast. You can do those kinds of things. And it was just like, for them, it was very hard to think like, Hey, no, I, I shouldn't have to do that. I have a degree. I should be able to make a, you know, get a job making a living doing this. And I think right now, and those of you who've been listening to me for a long time know that we need to have side hustles. And I, I really believe that students and, you know, again, that, that's that struggle piece. That's that entrepreneur piece where you, you're making it on your own. If you, whatever, for whatever reason, you don't have a job in, in that jo- or you don't find a job that pays really well, you might need to be able to supplement it with a side hustle. I really do think that that's kind of where we're at right now in society. Um, again, going back to the book, I, I really do uh, would uh, recommend you listening to that Peter Zihon's book, um, The End of the World is Just the Beginning. It's like right now where we're at, this is the best it's ever going to get. And so some of you are like, what? You're like, yeah. Like, it, you know, in his recommendation, in his observations, what he has studied is like, this is the best that it's ever going to get. It's going to get, it's going to go downhill from here. And so being able to mitigate, you know, what is happening, you know, where we are right now, being able to think about the future, I think it's going to be important to have multiple streams of income. And so, I, again, college students don't always think that, you know, they've been programmed. You're a college student. You have a degree. You're good. You know, go out to the workforce. Go have a great life, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, you, you know kids nowadays need to struggle a little bit. And they've never really felt it. So I think that's going to be part of, of where we're at here in the future. And hopefully, if you have that college-age student, you can help them to think critically. You can help them to think, hey, you know, how can you earn money now? You know, a lot of people don't earn, like my dad talking to him about earning money online. It's very foreign because it's, no, you have a, you have a business, you have a a storefront, you provide a service or you sell product. It's very hard to understand that you can make money online doing things online. And so, uh, you know, you have to almost show him, you know, this is how this, this happens. This is how it works. But even students, would have that struggle as well because it's not in a world where they've been living in, but it's something that they could if they were just a little bit uh, putting forth a little bit of effort and they did a little bit of research themselves, they realized that there's something that they love, something that they're passionate about. And this is for everyone who's listening, not just college students, but you can do whatever you're passionate about online. And there are people that will listen or will read or will watch your videos, you know, because it, because they're interested in the same things that you're interested in. And then because of that, you know, they will support you. So going back to the thrust of this uh, article about SHTF. And again, that was one of my concerns for a very, very long time. It, it, it was, I was very happy when my son was going to school here and I realized that it was going to all happen right here. Right. Um, but one of the things that I always considered is like, 
And one of the things that I always told him is like, look, when I call you and I tell you, if you do go out to, you know, somewhere else and I call you, cause I was trying to get him ready for this ahead of time. And one of the things he did missionary work during the summer times and he was, he was out of state and that was it. It's like, if I call you and I tell you, you need to head home, you need to head home. No questions asked, you know, whatever it is, you need to head home. And so then again, transportation becomes a key. In this article, again, the student was only an hour away. And so that's not that big of a deal, right? You can do that in a day. If parents need to go pick you up, you know, you can do that with one gas tank. You can go, you know, in an hour, pick them up and come back in, you know, two hours or whatever. And, uh, you know, just one gas tank full. The issue is, you know, if there's somewhere else. And I know I didn't mention like taking a bus or renting a car, and those types of things are available, but the problem is right now is it's very hard, even taking a plane trip. So with all the, the things that the, you know, you've heard about the delays in planes and stuff like that. So if a college student was really far away and they were needing to get home and they go to an airport and there's all these delays and the poop is hitting the fan in all these, you know, ways out there in the world. And finally it gets to the point where the, the, the airports kind of shut down. They're stuck at the airport, you know? And so my thing is I would rather for them to, to rent a car if possible and, and to kind of head home as soon as possible. Because I think if the poop really hits the fan, you want to get home as soon as possible. So transportation is always going to be the key. And I think because of that, they really need to have cash on hand. And that's another that's another situation, right? Because I remember being in college myself and being broke. And if my parents would have given me, you know, SHTF money, it's like, hey, this is SHTF money. Do not touch it for any reason unless the poop hits the fan and you need to get home. I probably would have said, you know what? I need $20 for this weekend. I'm going to take $20 out and I'll put it back when I get it. And then, you know, it never gets put back. And so that's always that, that, you know, that dilemma there. And so thinking through that a little bit, if you have kids that are going away to college, if you have grandkids that are going away to college, you know, what are some things, some ways that you could get them back home as soon as possible? Um, the transportation that would be needed, the routes that could be taken, what would it look like if they were walking or on a bicycle or if they were, you know, taking a car, whatever the different routes, all that kind of stuff, what would it look like? And then two other things here before, before I end out, one thing that I didn't include and in, well, this article was about bugging out and getting home. One thing that I would say is, um, being at college and away from home, I think a first aid kit, not just in the bug out, bug out bag, but having a first aid kit would be valuable. And so a little beefier first aid kit than, than normal. And then the other thing that I would say is maybe have some scenario challenges with your uh, child or grandchild and just kind of walk them through, Hey, what would you do if this happened? And it would be better if you started it early on and it could be just kind of a game that you played with with your kids, right? Like, what would you do if this happened? What would you do if this happened? And then listening to their to their um, their thinking process, and then helping them out, you know. And there's one thing when you when you begin to think through and struggle with that thought that it really does help, 
You know, it really does help, especially when you're bouncing off ideas with someone else. You can always come back and revisit those scenarios, but I think that would be helpful. Again, it's always going to be based on, you know, does your child, does your grandchild accept the fact that the world could go, you know, sideways pretty quickly? And uh, if if they do, I think they're going to be more open to this. If not, uh, you know, there's going to be a little bit of worry there and and struggle there and so hopefully that uh, nothing ever happens in in that scenario but if it if it does we are prepared for that and we're able to help them get home as soon as possible because it'd be terrible to have to deal with all the poop hitting hitting the fan and then realizing that your child is out there trying to get home or you know you don't know where they're at uh one one other thing here that i was thinking about that i didn't uh i, I actually skipped over here in my notes uh, one of the things that you might face, so your child might be completely on board with with coming home, but then they get up to college and they meet someone, like they meet, uh, they have a boyfriend, they have a girlfriend, and they don't want to leave them behind. And so, what are you going to do there? You know, and they're like, no, I'm going to stay here, and you know, because I don't want to leave my boyfriend or my girlfriend behind. You might need to be okay with them bringing them to your home. And so when they, you know, when they get home, it's like, okay, uh, you know, you get the couch, you, you get the bedroom, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so you're separating them and they might not have been living like that in college, but like, Hey, we've got a standard here in in this home. If you're not married, you're not living in the same bedroom together. And, you know, and so it might be that kind of a situation, but you might need to be okay with them saying, okay, Hey, go ahead and bring them, bring them, uh, bring them home. Or someone has a friend, a roommate and they're like they have nobody you know they have nobody they don't have anybody to go to and you know this is my this is one of my friends and you might need to be okay with them coming home and in that situation if they're traveling it would be better for two people than just one traveling so you would have that benefit but then you would you know you would have that person there in the home when they get there so that might be that might be a consideration something to be thinking about if that wanted up happening well, guys, a lot of what ifs there and thinking that through, I, I don't know how many of you actually have college students, but it would be just uh, a thought, you know, what would you tell your child? What would you tell uh, kids from, you know, some of your friends have college age students? How could you maybe prepare them without freaking them out? How could you get them to think about something like this? You know, maybe even asking them, hey, how would you get home if your car broke down? Or how would you get home, you know, if uh, you needed to very quickly? You know, have you ever thought about that? And really not thinking, talking about the preparedness side of it, but, you know, maybe even say, hey, you know, COVID, how did you handle COVID? Did you stay at camp, you know, on campus or did you come home? Why didn't you come home? You know, were you concerned that you weren't going to be able to, you know, to eat and those different kinds of things with the shortages around, you know, the campus and, and your dorm and all that kind of stuff. So maybe that would be kind of helpful there. And maybe you don't even want to bring that up to, you know, people that you know, because uh, they might think you're weird. But uh, that's always something that I'm always thinking about people when they go to college. In the back of my mind, I'm like, how are they going to? I mean, it's something that I do. I think about it. And maybe it's because I had my own son, uh, you know, and, and I kind of struggled with this. It's something that I, that I think about when someone tells me they're going off to college and they're going, you know, far away. They're not going to stay kind of close to where we're at. And uh, it's something that, 
I hope people put a little bit of effort and thought into this. Well, guys, let me end with this. If you enjoy listening to podcasts, you will enjoy listening to audiobooks. And I've talked about Peter Zahan's book uh, just recently in this podcast and uh, in, in the, I think in the promotionals. Uh, I highly recommend that book. I'm not even through it, but I highly recommend it to go check that one out. Uh, I love the way he, he talks. Uh, he, it's almost like a podcast. It's, it's not like an audio book because he's reading it himself. And he puts a lot of voice into it, and uh, so I, you know, he he put a lot of uh, effort into this one. So I think it's really worth it. Um, you can go to Audible and download it if you if you have the app. I think it's it's again, like I said, it's really worth it. If you don't have Audible, you can join up for you know for thirty days for free. If you have Prime, they'll give you, uh, you know, they'll give you a couple of credits to where you can download books, and then you get to keep those books regardless if you keep Audible or not. So you can go to audiopreps.com and that's audiopreps with an S. You can go there and I have a couple of books there that you might be interested in if you're wanting to kind of get started. So uh, go check that one out. Well, guys, that's it for episode 753. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Readiness Goodness. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.